You're listening to the Screen Tearing Podcast with Vector the Nomad and Dual Revolvers. In this episode, the crew talks a bit about how movies are made by going into detail about the important jobs that every film production needs. Now loading episode 10, where do movies come from? Initializing. At the school you went to, apparently you, you, you said there were two specialties or specializations that people could undergo. Yes. There were, uh, they were film production, which is what I got. And then there was film theory. All right. So I understand film production. Yeah. But what is film theory? Film theory is, um, I, I mean, I hated it. There was, I had as a film production class, you still had to take some theory classes and I absolutely hated it. It's like, you know how, when you go, uh, when you, uh, in like a English class or something like that, you they make you read a book and then they ask you like the deeper meanings of of the book. Right. It's like, what do they mean when they wrote this <laughs> and that kind of thing? And you're like, I don't know. Maybe they just thought it was green because it was green. No, it's green because it symbolizes you know Earth and growing. And it's like, sure, I guess so. That's film theory. <laughs> yeah. Right, um, and if you don't if you don't arrive at the same conclusion that the professor <laughs> did, you get an F. Yes, even though it's subjective. <laughs> right. It's like, what's your interpretation? If your interpretation isn't the same as my interpretation, you fail the class. Yeah. So I guess of course you would hate that. Yeah. And before we started Everyone recording, hates that. before we started recording, you kind of uh, asked, "Is there like a? Is there like a?" Um, like a screenwriting, a, a screenwriting specialization. Major or something. I, I assume if you're going screenwriting, you would take the more theory classes mm-hmm. and you would get the theory. But it like if you want to work um, like behind the camera and all the and all about the like the mechanics of making a film, you do uh, you go production route. But if you want to go like the story writing um, and that kind of route, you'd go theory. Right. Wow. That, that's so terribly ironic and interesting. Yeah. Um, cause, cause it turned out later on in life, I got deep into theory accidentally. It just, it just like happened that way. But yeah. it's like, I had to, I did it on my own because just like you said, trying to do that in a classroom setting, that would have been misery. Cause, uh, yeah, because like, you know, that saying, those who can't do teach yes and those that can't teach teach pe <laughs> i don't fully believe that because you know i know plenty of i've had plenty of t- pe teachers that were like i want to major in like sports kinesthesiology or whatever yeah. and be a pe teacher so it's like you know there's some people that d- genuinely want to be dentists they didn't just drop out of med school mm-hmm. um so yeah i i there's there's some truth to that it depends on the situation though like most people they'll have a bad teacher that's just like no this is what this means and there's no room for debate debate or conversation it's just you know it's what they say goes and yeah i hate that but but uh, okay so you specialized in film production and so that's what we're going to talk about today because or i I got i had this crazy idea a while back to do like a, a short film project or something 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 on film uh or, you know, like a 
I guess I was calling it an interactive movie, but uh, another applicable term would be an FMV game. But I'm like, okay, what what are the logistics? I was thinking, what resources would be needed to make a project like that? And because I didn't want to overestimate the project and then get nothing done, which is what I usually do. I'm just like, ah, I can do that. And then eight years later, I'm like, well, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you some questions about. Um, about film production because what what I learned from us working together in the past, like years and years ago, I was like, you don't need a script or a plan or anything like that. You just you'd get a camera and you go out and film stuff. And then I you, remember you that the era. I mean, when we first started <laughs> trying to film together, I remember I remember you doing this. It's like that's that's not how it works. And you're like, you were adamant, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do you need? What do you need a plan for? You just go film stuff and then you cut it together and you'll get something. And sometimes that works, but it's, you know, it doesn't always. Well, 99% of the time, you're going to waste all of your, your time and energy, mm-hmm. and most you're going to spend most of your time combing through footage that's unusable, and you're just going to, you're going to waste everyone's, everyone's time. And that's fine when you're lung, y- lung, <laughs> that's fine when you're lung, fine when you're young and just figuring stuff out, but as you get older, it's like... I don't have much time left on this planet. We got to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So that's why I'm like, okay, the guerrilla style shooting. It's, it's it's I don't know. For some people, maybe it works. It's not for me. Um, some people are just really good at uh at like ad libbing and and uh, improvising, you know. And and yeah. I wanted to be that for so bad, but but I I like having a plan now. It's you know when I know all the details to a T. You know, stuff stuff works out. So, but film production is the one thing I, I'm uh, I'm like I I have some knowledge about, but but I figured you know it'd be a benefit for a lot of people to uh, to ask some questions about how movies are actually made and and you know go into the, like the the the, the details mm-hmm. of making making a film project because there's there's a lot of terminology that you see like in um in credit sequences like opening credits or or if you got to sit through the credits of, of a marvel movie to, to wait for the extra scene at the end yeah and you're like you're like what's that what, what what's that what's a stunt man that's a <laughs> joke um but but yeah so here's here's the the big one that's been confusing me for the past better part of a decade what the hell is a director of photography uh the dp they're the dp they're the deadpool right the director of photography is sometimes synonymous with a cinematographer okay um actually let me clarify the question why do you need a director of photography when you already have a director doesn't doesn't the director like don't they direct everything yeah and and they're um a director can work as a director of photography but um so yeah so uh a dp or dop short for director of photography um is also known as a cinematographer and they are basically the um supervisors of the crew essentially they they make sure the cameramen are doing their job and the light men are doing their job and that kind of thing that's it 
Yeah. They make sure that they keep the camera people on task? Well, yeah, essentially. And they can also kind of... um, They also kind of... I mean, sometimes if the film is big enough, they have their own person for this. But but they can also kind of work as like a... As someone that makes sure there are no continuity errors between shots and scenes and stuff like that. Hmm. But okay. sometimes you so have, it, I can't remember the exact name of the, of the, um, of the job, but there is an actual continuity error person that is also in, tr- that could be, that could be a solo job as well. Oh yeah. There's I like, there's literally that. a job for, for everything. There's like a one person job for everything. If you're on like a super triple A budget movie. Right. But that's weird to me because why would there need to be a, a continuity supervisor or whatever you call it? Yeah. If if you've read the script because and you're filming according to the script. People are stupid. Even uh. people even, you know, people like high budget directors can be stupid and just can't be bothered to remember where the fuck that cup was last time they shot it. You know what I mean? Oh, so that's what they do. Like um like when the Starbucks got got left on the set of Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know, shit like that. <laughs> they just didn't care towards the end. Mhm. And sometimes I mean, that- <laughs> yeah, sometimes the script doesn't say details and shit like that. Like were you wearing your jacket, you know, at the beginning of the scene and at the end of the scene you weren't. Oh, okay. I got you. Ah, that makes sense actually. Um I actually I I have a scene like that uh in in my book that i put in there on purpose it's like a a, a purposeful continuity error really because okay. the, the protagonist's memory was, was wiped remember oh mm-hmm. and so it's like has he always been wearing that coat <laughs> it's like actually no you you just you lost your memories but but for situations like that you, you want to have like a reverse continuity supervisor to be like hey this person they, they they should be wearing a coat now. They weren't before. They have to be wearing one now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I guess that makes sense. For a big budget production, you know, the director needs a bunch of, like, you know, two heads are, are better than one. Yeah. So they need micromanagers. Micromanagers, yeah. <laughs> or else that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because when you're spending that much money, everything has to be micromanaged. Yep. Uh, now, uh, but that's what's weird. Do you wind up spending more money or less money micromanaging everything? I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. Well, uh, we'll figure that out. That's a mystery to be solved another day. Um, okay, so in that scenario, you have a director of photography. Yeah. And then the director's job is just to to tell the actors what to do, right? Yeah. And then who determines the director would also determine like where the camera should be positioned, I'm assuming. Um yeah. Yeah. The the director can be like, I want the shot to look like this. And then the cinematographer will be like, Alright, I'll make that look good. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that there's there's um continuity comes into play there too because you have to make sure the overall look of the movie stays the same mm-hmm. and that sounds like a nightmare yeah and that's what the cinematographer does <laughs> wow okay aha so now i i think and I then have a whatever better understanding. whatever they get wrong they fix in post <laughs> yeah well that gives me a better understanding of of why that job is so important 
Um, yeah. And, and that also helps answer the question of why you have um, loots in certain um, fil- film editing programs like uh, After Effects or, or Premiere, mm-hmm. uh, DaVinci Resolve. You can download like different, they call them lo- LUTs. I don't they're pronounced loots or, or something. Have you heard of these? It's a technology that's been around for for Maybe. a long time. All right. Well, if you don't know, then you know. I go back to to whatever school you graduated from. Get your money back. Well, um, actually, no. That's a good question. Did did you you trained in video editing, right? Um, I there. It's not like I mean, I did, but so did everyone else, basically. It's not like there's like a but that was part of the of curriculum is, is yeah. what I'm asking. Yes. Okay. And what did they have you edit on? Uh, a, what was that? That was I think that not Adobe. Uh, not Adobe. Yeah, it was Avid. I think. Avid. Yeah, Avid. I've heard of that. I so Wes. I edited on yeah. Avid. I've all. I mean, there were times like when we do like short films and stuff. Like, but the the editing class made us use Avid. And I bet they did that because they mm. got they were able to get a cheap school license or something. Well, actually, Avid is one of the more expensive ones. Um, but it, it's just like this was four years ago that I got my degree. Um, feels like longer. But, um, and then, but, uh, Avid is still one of the, was still one of the, like the, one of the most popular editing softwares at the time. I think a lot of people now, yeah. now are using Premiere and After Effects and that kind of thing using the Adobe suite. But, um, I'm sure hmm. there are still some people using Avid, but I wonder if that's like people in, um, you know, in Hollywood, if they used to prefer avid like in in sound engineering pro tools mm-hmm. was like the injury industry standard mm-hmm. but i mean i haven't heard anything about pro tools in in so long yeah but um <laughs> wow okay all right well i'm looking i'm looking here and avid does have loots but apparently they just didn't tell you about those uh which i'm not surprised like this, this is par for the course for for most curriculums um, like the, the, um, the game art program at the, uh, the Academy of Art University. Yeah. Atrocious. Like, you know, they, they do not prepare those kids to get jobs in the industry at all. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty sad and eye opening, but mm-hmm. that's another story. But, um, yeah, I mean, loots are, are something, it's just like a, it's like a template a lighting or a color template or something that you can apply to all your footage to make it look, to give it the same look, the same cinematic style or whatever. And so, so that's one way. I think that's one way of, of speeding the job up. But, um, you know, the, the DP or the cinematographer would, hopefully they would, they would have a, a workflow that they could, I don't know. It de- I guess it depends on on your your pipeline. And that's an important term. Pipeline. Look it up. <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna get a bunch of results on oil and stuff. But no, um like a, a pipeline 
as I understand it, it's like it's just essentially it's like a a series of steps or or um or programs that you go through mm-hmm. to to get something done. So you can have like a like a three D modeling pipeline, and that's going to involve like sculpting the character in high poly. Then you use retopology to get a low poly model, and then you can do texture painting and and all that until you get a final. Uh, oh, and then rigging and and um, and all that until you can arrive at a final game ready 3D model. So uh, editing film is the same way. Uh, ooh, here's here's a good term. Uh, what are dailies? Dailies are the. Um the the okay so the without without <laughs> saying well you, you can't say what dailies are without saying the word selects so um, whoa that one that's something i haven't heard before so, so i'm learning something let's do it yeah so w- what are um, selects there's there's a lot of confusion between dailies and selects usually um dailies are basically like the shots that you took today if right um, if I'm saying that right, and the selects are basically the good shots, right? Okay. So, yeah. So I think it was I was taking a theater class, and there was like a a small section about film, and um, and it was like you know the the editor and and the director they'll review the dailies at the end of the day. And then they'll they'll pick the shots that that they could use, and those would be the selects, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then from the selects, you know, you would have several good takes of the same scene, and mm-hmm. then you have to go through that again to pick, you know, pick the final, the one that you'll actually use. What's that one called? Um, the, I don't. I, the the take. The take. Yeah, the good take. I don't know. The <laughs> money shot. It's just no, the one. It's it. just the one you put in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I, I, um, I read a couple screenwriting books and like the, the terminology filmmakers use, like, you know, they, they kind of have their own language. And if you, if you don't know that terminology, like they'll, they'll like, you'll be lost in the conversation. So, yeah. So that's why we're trying to sort, sort some of the stuff out. There's a lot of jargon. Yeah, jargon. That's the word I was looking for. So if you don't know the jargon, then you'll be lost, and then you'll be even more bored during that Marvel credit Marvel credit sequence. <laughs> I said credits. Credits. <laughs> yeah. So when you're hunting wabbits and you're w- waiting through the credits of that Marvel film, um, okay. What else? Uh, okay. The um, see, all right. You have a director, and then. You have, might have a director of photography, or uh, AKA the DP, or the cinematographer, mm-hmm. and then you'll have uh, is it? There's a separate sound guy. Yeah, just or, call the sound girl. the sound engineer, typically. The sound engineer, sound tech. I've heard that term before. Sound tech, sure. Mm-hmm. Now, is their job just to like to hold the boom mic, or what? What do they do? Oh, that's a separate job, actually, right? That's, the, yeah, the boom that's just a operator. boom pole operator. Um, sound uh, engineer is the person that is like the cinematographer of sound. 
Right. Got it. Got it. That makes perfect sense. Okay. So if you have a DP, but then, but then you would also have a cameraman. Mm-hmm. And that person's job is to just point and shoot. Yes. But if they're like a steady cam operator, that's like being a forklift driver. You, you need like <laughs> training in that. Yeah, seriously. Like you're a um, licensed steady cam operator. And and they work with the the director and the DP to to put the camera where it needs to be. Mhm. Oh man, but I've seen some crazy camera rigs, you know, like the you ever see those um the behind the scenes shots of the guys uh they're in like the cherry picker or something and they're oh, zooming yeah. all around the the set? Yeah, nuts. You think we could rent a cherry picker? Is it yeah, I mean, of course we could rent a cherry picker. It's just a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be that bad. I don't know. How much do you think? I, I'll, I'll have to look that up. But, I mean, why use a cherry picker when you... These days you can use a drone. Yeah. To get a- I mean, good aerial footage. At this point, that's what everybody does. Back in the in the day, you had to had to use a... Hel- uh, and like a... You had to get an actual helicopter and hire a pilot and, and all that stuff to get aerial footage. Mm-hmm. Now you can just use a drone. You got 4K drones out there. Um, that are that will probably be less money than a helicopter. So, um, and then you have to you have to train your cameraman to be in a helicopter and hope they don't get airsick. That just sounds intense. All right, so making stuff on the cheap, use a drone, you'll you'll save a life, or three. Um, okay, so here <laughs> here's a an important question. What the hell does the producer do? Because from what I've been told, a producer is synonymous with with useless. Yeah, I mean, not <laughs> the, their use is to fund the film. I thought that was the executive producer. Well, yes, but you cannot have multiple people funding film, funding the film. Like an executive <sighs> producer is just somebody that put the most money in the film. And also, really? producer is also synonymous with, like, um, hey, I. Um, like when you want to put somebody in the credits, but they don't have a real use, like, oh, I'll, I'll put you in the credits. Thanks for oh, you know, yeah. being in the film. They just add producer. It's a, it's a fucking miscellaneous title, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I've definitely heard that. <laughs> Say that again. I said, I oh, will just put you in there as producer since you don't really yeah. have a title and you didn't really do anything. Yeah, I've seen that. But before. you are my friend like... as but as the director and you are my friend, we'll put you in the in the film. <laughs> it... Right. Yeah, okay. So cause sometimes you know, I'm just thinking back to credit sequences I've seen in the past. Producer will come first in the credits. And usually credits will be ordered in order of importance. So you'll have director and then producer. Yeah, but they paid their and... way into it. If if they're first, then they definitely input some money which is why exclusive producers and anybody that put forth money to fund the film have a say in what the film looks like right 
You know what oh, I mean? Oh, you're like, absolutely right. The exclusive producer can supersede the director sometimes. You're, you're absolutely right, because uh, I'm, I'm misremembering director always comes, usually comes last. And as like a, you know, like, oh, Martin Scorsese. This yeah. is a Martin Scorsese. For, save the best okay. for last. Okay, yeah. So I'm looking it up um, because I'm just kind of like re- re-reminding myself. And film producers can also just be like the um, overseer of the entire film. You know what I mean? Like they're the, they can they're be, the general but that's- manager. General manager. You know what I right. mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, if you have a director who knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. that's also their job. Exactly. But and it's like... Sometimes you yeah. can outsource that. And that would also I guess be a so. producer. Yeah. Uh, in, in the games industry, the producer, their job is what... I mean, it's, it's different from film. Mm-hmm. And what the way it's described is like they keep everyone on task. So I mean, yeah, they, the, a film producer can also be that, right? Okay, that makes sense. I mean, because a lot of the the AAA games industry is is like a lot of the people came over from film, and so there's a lot of uh, of overlap. Um, mm-hmm. But what I know about you know from games is that a producer they will come up with like um, the uh, the milestone timeline or they'll come up with like, um, like, you know, timelines for, for certain, uh, events that, that needs to, to happen by a certain time. Yeah. And they'll put, they'll do like a, like a task list and, you know, they'll determine how long each task is supposed to take and how much it's supposed to cost. Uh, and then they'll make sure that everyone's doing those things to stay within the, the deadline. Um, but producers in film, I mean, there's just like a, there's a, a negative uh, connotation with the word because there's, there's a lot of, um, I could be misinformation. I don't really know. That's why you're here. Uh, you know, it, it, I have been told that it's, it's like a, just like, just like you said, it's a, it's a worthless job or like a, it's just a, a title that they give to people. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a give all catch all kind of title it can be yeah it can be anything from super important who's in charge of keeping everybody on task and meet literally everybody and or it could just be like a miscellaneous title that you give to somebody because you don't know what else to credit them as i that that aligns with what i've been told (laughs) but from what i understood the executive producer is specifically the one who put up the money yes okay got it got it all right so hmm which is why they're executive and there can be multiple executive producers on any one given project yeah and i've seen kickstarter campaigns where like if you contribute ten thousand dollars you get you get uh executive producer credit Mm -hmm. in like a film or, or game or something so that's interesting wow all right so so when it when a script is written, sometimes you know a studio will have certain people in mind, but then you have you have casting. So a casting director, they like go out and and find who's supposed to to be in the movie, but they also have to work with the director too, right? Yes. Because usually the director is always there when the auditions are happening. 
Wow. Yeah, auditions. That's those auditions can be fun. Remember we did an audition? We did. <laughs> we did. Why'd you say it like that? Because I hadn't thought about it until you just said that. Yeah, it's been what a while. Was we should do it again. For? It was for that animation project that we were doing that was for Scavenger. Which, oh, yeah, that's right. Which had to be, the title has to be changed because now, now there's this game called Scavengers. And, yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just goes to show you if you don't, I actually wanted to change the title anyway. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, tied to that title, but still, it goes to show like, you know, if you're not, if you sleep on it, someone will be first before you. Yep. So, so get out there. And it's part and of what we do, happen. right? We we input ideas into the multiverse so that they are so they that they so that we don't have to create them and somebody else will. Right. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that role. It's not a problem for me. Hmm. Um so all right. The Where do I go from here? Um budget how do you determine a budget? It's all guesswork, man. It's yeah. like, <laughs> how does anyone determine a budget? That's why the fucking planning fallacy is even a thing. Right. Oh, we went over budget. All yeah. the time. Right. <laughs> so. You just try, it's, it's just through past experiences, like. This right. I want to make a movie that's similar to that. How much did that cost? Oh yeah, okay. So that's a <laughs> an interesting topic to get into because uh, I started reading this book. It's called um, it's called Save the Cat. Mm-hmm. It's by this screenwriter called um, called. It's so formal. His name is Blake Snyder. He worked on a bunch of uh, of of, of uh, he sold a bunch of scripts, but as is the case in in Hollywood, you know, ninety percent of scripts that are bought by studios don't get made for whatever reason. So, hmm. so there's a ton of, uh, there's a ton of, uh, of scripts that, that are what are called optioned out there. And so if a studio options a script that, you know, they buy it from the writer and they have the rights to make it, you know, within a certain amount of time or something. Um, and a lot of the time, uh, studios, they'll just sit on scripts that they own. Yeah. So there's like, there's like, uh, anyway, so this Blake Snyder guy, he's a script seller, but most of the time his movies don't get made, but he did make, he did have a couple movies made. There was this movie in the nineties called blank check about this kid who gets hit by some gangster dude. And, and he, uh, he, the, the gangster dude gives the kid a blank check and he writes a million dollars and, That's and the rest of the movie, <laughs> Yeah, the rest of the movie's about him spending the million dollars with Sinbad. It's actually a really good movie. <laughs> and um, But anyway, so so this guy decided to write a book. He called it Save the Cat. It's a methodology for, right, for outlining a story. And it's named after the idea that if you want the audience to like the protagonist, then have them do something nice at the beginning of the film, like Save a Cat. So... He was talking about how. Fuck! I went. I went on a tangent, and I forgot where where I had I had started off that that whole diatribe. Um, 
but anyway. Um, where was it? I? I gotta. I guess I gotta take Save some time cat. to remember. Yeah, no. It's, yeah, it's called Save the Cat. I recommend it. Anybody who's interested in in storytelling, read Save the Cat. But I've been reading this and um, something about options and uh, unproduced movies, scripting, script, screen writing. It's a. Uh, Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, film production, right? Yes. <laughs> you gotta have a plan. I'm so lost. No, but um, but um, I got nothing. I, my brain is—it's completely shut down. Uh, I, I came to you with the idea. Uh, I was like, I want to do an FMV game. Or I want to do like an interactive movie, kind of like Until Dawn, but but with you know live action, yes. uh, film, and you know, and I guess there would be like multiple choice quizzes at certain points, and, and to determine a, a branching path with multiple endings or something like that. And um, but the thing that that worried me is is like, okay, this is something that has to be made on a zero budget. Uh, or a less than zero budget. You know what would be great is if someone could actually pay us to make it. Hey, hold on a second. Now there's an idea. <laughs> no, I'm serious. There, there is a, there's, there's a. I want to say there's a potentiality there. If, if we, if we had a good pitch, then we could go to a studio, and say like, hey, here's what we're trying to do. Pay us to make it. It's a it's a long shot. It's an, an extreme long shot. I'm talking like eight thousand yards. That kind of a long shot, but it's not impossible. I don't know. So, man. yeah, you could shoot something at eight thousand yards. I'm not. I, I didn't specify which gun you would use. I could have been talking about an orbital laser. You, you don't know. It'd have to be a pretty good, pretty good idea to be an orbital orbital laser. <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> 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 uh, some ideas are are uh, orbital nuclear lasers. Some ideas are are BB guns. Yeah. So, but you know this uh, this Blake Snyder guy, he wrote this book uh, to teach people about screenwriting to um to to give people surefire methods for you know telling a you know a a, a knock somebody off their out of their socks good idea for a movie and um and yeah you know it's 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 really eye-opening about about you know how how movies are made so what he'll do is he'll um if he has an idea for a movie he'll go out to to starbucks or something and he'll talk to random people and tell them about the movie and and see what they think Hmm. and if they don't they don't respond to it then then he'll uh he'll he'll revise and edit but um the there's a um there's like a what's the term uh but there's a running gag i guess in hollywood that like once a once a studio has bought this the script from the screenwriter then the director just shits all over it and and the the movie becomes completely different by the end yeah basically yeah i always and i still don't understand it to this day because I guess I just never really went into 
depth or research about it. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't understand how directors get all the credit for some films when they didn't write it. Yeah, that's a great point. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, even yeah. it, like, I'm, I'm. There's tons of times where the director is also the writer, and that makes sense. You can give them yeah. full credit for the whole movie, but right. There's times. Ryan Johnson when, actually. Yeah, there's there's times when when the director is just given a script and then like, all right, here, make it cool, and then they do, and they get yeah. You should give the director some credit, but you should also give some credit to the writer, and no one ever does. Right. Yeah. It's it's pretty frustrating. Um, yeah. For. It, for exactly that, I, I think it's it has to do with the the fact that people need a figurehead. There needs to be this this single unifying voice that that people can can give all the credit to, and and I just I hate that culture of attributing all that hard work to this one person, uh, which is why I hate that Kojima guy. Who? Because uh, hideous Kojimbo. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah. Heidi Hole Kojiminy. I hate him mm-hmm. because, you know, he turned his name into a brand. He takes credit for, for everybody's hard work. He got fired from Konami because cause he's incompetent. And then, and you know, it only took Konami 20 years to figure that out. <laughs> so I guess they're the incompetent ones. But, it, you know, I, I noticed uh, you've been playing MGS5. And so he actually got got fired during the development of that game, or he was he was a he was in the process of getting fired, and um, and so that that's the first game in the series where they're like, okay, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna give you credit for for everybody's work anymore, and so that game has it's it's the most simplistic and terrible story in the entire series, but that game had five separate writers. Working Damn. on that game. Yeah. So imagine you have five hands in the pot to come up with the story for a game. But that's apparently that's what it took. And and in this game, for the first time in, in, in MGS5, for the first time in the whole series, each writer is actually credited in the credits. Well, there you go. And yeah, uh, it's, it just goes to show, like, I get the sense that most of the Metal Gear games, it was actually a team a team of writers, which is how TV works. Like, you know, TV, you'll have a writer's room, right? Mm-hmm. Where all the writers, they, you know, each each writer will, they'll write a separate episode and then, and then they'll all, they'll meet at the beginning to determine, you know, the flow of the season. Uh, so, you know, I, it, it, evidence points to the fact that there was, a writer's room for the metal gear series but most of those writers went uncredited because that's just how japanese culture works and i hate it that's why you know for for a while i was like okay what's my pen name gonna be i should write under a pen name because that's what writers do but then i was like no i'm gonna take it a step further because i don't want people getting attached to a name or using me as a figurehead so i decided you know, for the, for this book that I'm working on, I'm not going to use a name at all. I'm going to, I'm going to publish as a studio, uh, you know, and hopefully that will, that'll account for the fact that, that, that I don't 
I didn't arrive at this point on my own. You know, if, mm-hmm. if I write something, it's, you know, there's like, there's, there's hundreds of people that I've met in my life that have inspired me to, to, to do this. And it's not just, these aren't just my ideas in a vacuum, you know? So, so that's where that idea came, came from. And, um, you know, I remember, um, the first Easter egg ever in a game actually is, uh, it's this Atari 2600 game called Adventure. It was just called Adventure. And back then, Atari was like, you know, no credits. You don't, you're no credits at all. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody's going to know who made the game. But then this guy, his name was Warren Robinet and he, he snuck it in to, to the game. It said, create, you know, he just, there's a secret room that you find under ultra special circumstances. And it says, um, created by Warren Robinet. And it's actually, not only is it the first Easter egg in a game, it's the first credit ever in, in a video game. Um, and, uh, people listening to this are going to think that I know that because of stupid ass ready player one, because it's featured in, in the book, but I never read that stupid ass book. I did watch the, the terrible ass movie and had a good time. Cause I was with a friend of mine and you know, we were just like, we just turned our brains off and, and just enjoyed it for what it was, but it's a shitty movie. But, um, no, I actually knew that, uh, for decades before that movie came out. Uh, but, um, yeah, the point is... Prove it! I know, right? <laughs> well, let me just hop in my time machine. Um, it's in the shop right now. So, yeah, crediting people is... It's important. Crediting everyone is important. And assigning credit to to a singular person, I hate that. Uh, I, I hate that so much. And that's one of the reasons, another one of the reasons, why you know I'm asking these questions about like what certain jobs do because um you know like running a, a youtube channel I, I do everything on my own but for a project like this you know it's it's clear to me that i don't think i could do it on my own or i could but it would take maybe 10 years and and no, anybody got time for that so mm-hmm. um camera equipment was the the thing that I was most interested in cuz I'm like okay you know with a 0 dollar budget there's no reason why it has to look shitty so you know does a does the camera contribute to that and of course it does so it really like the you know yeah it's not it's not what you know it's who you know so so fortunately I know some people with with cameras um and so, so a good camera. Now the question is, all right, now here's, here's a good a camera question. helps, but you can shoot. Um, but so does being a good post-production, um, engineer <laughs> because yeah, thanks for butting in. Cause I was, I was rambling. I was rambling straight out of my ass. No, you're right. You're good. You, it was a ramble. <laughs> it was a good ramble. Um, but, uh, because we can, like, I have a very old camera, a DSLR Canon bullshit camera. But, I mean, it's not bullshit, but it, it's just... It was, it it was great when you, when you first got it. It was all right when I first got it. <laughs> it was affordable. Yeah. It was affordable. That's, that's, that's all it, 
Um, right, right. But I got <clears throat> right. it, and we could u- we could definitely still use it. But and and depending on how we edit it, the shots will look great. It's just um, it's good to have a good starting point. You know what I mean? And that's what you need a good camera mm-hmm. for. Um, it's just yeah. less work in post production when you have a good camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what cameras have you used in the past? Did they like train you on how to use use cameras? Nah, I wish. when you were in school. Um, no. Uh, there, there was some pretty cool uh cameras I got to use. Oh no! See now I'm trying to remember my fucking shitty ass memory. Um, what was that? Uh, I never got to use a red, so we'll get that right off the table. But um, a lot of the, a lot of like the, the shit we filmed for class was all done with. Um like our own equipment essentially i know and there there were some god i'm trying to remember there's got to be i know there's some a couple of classes that we had cameras we could use i'm just trying to remember what fucking cameras they were yeah clearly they weren't important they were cool cameras but hmm (laughs) <laughs> but uh can't remember but they, exactly just, i can't remember exactly what they were do you remember the brand i mean they were only sony? one of a they were only one of a couple brands yeah it was either canon sony nokia something like that it was either nokia makes cameras i thought they made cell phones. Oh, sorry um nikon nikon oh that's yeah right um but i'm pretty sure it's it was either it starts with an end sony or canon because those are like the two main guys Right. Okay. Um, okay, so major important question. Yeah. Um a skeleton crew, right? Mm-hmm. You're operating with a with a small ultra small budget, less than zero. Um what's the minimum team size do you think you would need to make something that looks as good as not including talent? Not including talent. Um, go ahead. Finish your sentence. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, something that looks as good as... Um, some Something cheap, you know? Something real cheap. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm just trying to think of something I've seen recently. Uh, uh, oh, did you finish uh, Jupiter Ascending? Or Jupiter's Legacy? Not, Jupiter no, Ascending not was past, that shitty. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, not past what we watched. I... I plan on finishing it, but um, I did not. Yeah, it ends on a cliffhanger, so so well, don't that be sucks in a, in a because hurry. it got canceled. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, then yeah, maybe don't finish it. I thought they were working on a season two. I I think they were. We just, um, you know, I don't know. I think they were trying to work on a season two or something. I don't know the specifics. Damn! Wow. Well, yeah, maybe don't finish it. Um, but it, it doesn't end on a cliffhanger, but it's more like there's there definitely needs to be more. So, but I don't know, that movie, It I thought that movie, um, that movie, that show, 
it looked really cheap to me. Yeah. What would you need to make something that looked as good as that? Um. Well, um, I'm going to lead up to that. So I think the absolute. Actually, scratch that. What? I'm going to just cut you off right there. Because mm -hmm. I, I actually, I actually, um, I went back and you know, oh man, I started watching clips of that, that BBC Sherlock show. Oh yeah. I'm such a huge fan of that. Yeah, it's great. And I know for a fact that, that a show like that can be made for cheap. Would you would with, you agree with, with Benedict Cumberbatch? I, yeah, that one. Um, because I know I know the majority of the of the the look of that show, it comes from, you know the 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 camera and the and the post -pro processing the lutes or the the lighting, color correction that they do or whatever. I know it's a it's a big it's a large scale production and they have like these these huge sets and and all yeah. that but but I'm still like to make something that looks that good that you know that doesn't look cheap that looks like it was shot on film and and looks good. So, okay. I know that could be done for cheap. Okay, so I'm going to say the absolute minimum skeleton crew um for an indie film or something, it would be probably three. Three people. Wow. Three. Three what, can be the what absolute minimum. The more, the what, merrier. But, I mean, you, you probably won't get at three, you probably won't get, um, and that's just filming crew. That's not. That doesn't include post-production. Um... But right. um, I would say somebody to operate the camera. Somebody, cameraman. Huh, cameraman. Sound. Uh, a sound guy. Sound tech. And um, a lighting guy. And a lighting guy. Yeah. That's a really important job. Yeah. And I would it's say. It's such an important job. That it's like you need somebody who really knows what they're doing. Yeah, um, I would say that's the absolute minimum, and the the cameraman would also be the the director and the do and the dop and uh, and that kind of person. Um, right. And the sound engineer will, the sound tech would also be like the sound engineer and just like anything that has to do with sound. And the lighting person will also be like the the pa. You know what I mean? Like their their grip, right? If you if you've heard the term grip, explain it. Grip is is basically the person that handles all of the tripods and like they do all the heavy lifting. Essentially, they do. And that's all the also stands, the PA, the, the production assistant. Uh, the PA is a little more remedial. They're more like. The, the coffee getters and the um they're, <laughs> we don't need one of those yeah <laughs> they're real miscellaneous right yeah they're assistants you know yeah they're there to yeah, do they, whatever the fuck they do the the stuff that them. nobody else can be bothered to do because you know the other other people are doing stuff that's actually important 
Exactly. So, <laughs> but that's, I mean, not, not to make it sound like that's a, um, like not an essential job. Cause it really is. Cause when you think about it, like the time that the director would have to take to get himself coffee, mm-hmm. that's money that that's being, that could be spent or, you know, t- time is money. Or maybe, or maybe somebody needs like a roll of tape. Like they really badly right. need a roll of tape to help fix this thing. And, and either, and nobody's in somebody, everybody's already doing something. So the PA goes and finds some tape. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it saves time. And at the end of the day, it saves money. And that's important. Yeah. So, um, so, so, he, but he, we don't, we can't afford one. We can't afford a PA <laughs> unless, unless there's an intern out there who would, wouldn't mind getting paid an experience. But, um, yeah. <laughs> And I hate that. I hate paying people an experience, which is why I've never done it. But, um, you know, uh, that's what, what are friends and family for? Mm-hmm. No, but, but, uh, but a light, a lighting technician isn't somebody who can, you can just say like, Hey, you know, well, you do the lights. They gotta know, they gotta know lights. Do you know, do you know lights? Somewhat. Yeah, I'm. I'm also. I'm probably in the less than somewhat. I'm familiar. You know, like when you fill out the the like proficiency section of of uh, employment forms, and it's yeah. like <laughs> intermediate, familiar. I think I'm like I'm. I know they exist. I'm at that level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think I'm a little better than that. But it's it's a matter of having the equipment. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's tricky but you can you can fudge it if you know if you film in a location that that has the the proper lighting yep but that's tricky because that's that usually means it's a certain time of day in a certain uh time of the year (laughs) yeah right so you're that's a really limited window hmm yeah that's um that that gives me much to think about. Um, cheap making stuff for cheap. Oh, and then and then like as for talent, that's that's an even uh, bigger can of worms. Yeah. But hey, nothing's impossible, right? Where there's a where there's a will, there's a way. Um. But here's a now that the the big question for a project like what I'm thinking of, because years ago I thought like, hey, you know, it'd be cool to be to do like a um a choose your own adventure style movie or film or some sort of project, but do it on YouTube. Because back back uh, I think like ten years ago, YouTube used to have um it was really easy to 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 put links at directly at at certain points of the video and so like if you could in, when, at, when a video ended and there were tons of these on youtube already when a video ended you know there would be a, a choice that you could make and then yeah. there'd be two links two uh thumbnails on at the at the end screen and you could still do that but it's just not as good because it used to be like you could have you could you would edit the video in a way so that it it would uh, it would animate what you were clicking on but now you just see the thumbnail of the video with the with their new in-screen system so it's not as it's not as 
as um as engaging as it used to be. Yeah. But you know, there was um I was you know, I was playing around with that idea and then there was um there was Bandersnatch on Netflix um which is a also a, a choose your own adventure thing and and you know, you you actually click on the screen the the choice that you make. Um but You know, I mean, yeah, those are options, but, you know, I, I'm curious about, like, is it possible to have this be a game, like an actual executable program that people could run, or, you know, you could upload to Steam or something, and that people could, could download and play? Um, and so, in that regard, the question then becomes, okay, what engine do you use? And for this, I feel like, you know, like, Unity would be the smart choice. Cause I want I want to start learning Unreal because Unrealism is getting it's getting as easy to use as Unity, um, and Unreal Unreal Five is in early access right now and yeah. and um, and you know so you know I'm really interested in doing some Unreal development but but for an interactive movie I feel like Unity would be the smart choice. I can't imagine just like you know because Unreal is like a powerhouse you know why would you use this un, un, the unreal engine with all the lighting and, and havoc physics for <laughs> something that's just that's no. just playing film you know yeah uh this is definitely more of a unity thing oh what are there and i mean there's godot but that's uh yeah i don't know i'll have to look into that because uh, it depends on I, I don't like c sharp and you got to use c sharp in unity for scripting and the, mm. and luckily, you know, for an interactive movie, the the scripting would be super simple. But but if if I can avoid C sharp, I will. Uh, but maybe it's not too bad. Maybe I'm just making a mountain out of a molehill. Because you could also use JavaScript, but fuck JavaScript. You know any JavaScript? Very remedial. Yeah, I don't like JavaScript either. But. Still, I, I still feel like Unity would be the way to go. It's free, and should be should be easy. There's a ton of um, of like adventure game templates on there, and you know, and I'm, I'm trying to think of ways to, so like, yes, it's an interactive movie, but are there ways to still make it more interactive? You know, interactivity to make it to give people the illusion that it's like a, it's like an, it's an extended cutscene with like where, you know, gameplay is the cutscene. You come for the mm -hmm. movie or you come for the, for the cutscenes, but you stay for the, no, that that's not right. I don't know. Um, but I was, um, I was also thinking about, um, cause we talked for a little bit about, um, like you know, all right, what what type of project should should we do? Uh, you know that we can make for cheap. Yeah. Uh, and we came to the we arrived at the conclusion that a a a scary scary movie and uh, like a, a horror movie game would be the best idea because that, that's how you get the most bang for your buck. I feel. Yeah, and we have to worry a lot less about lighting. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I I feel like. You have to worry even more about lighting, don't you think? That's true, but um, 
but you don't have, you to, have to you don't have to have a lot of lights is what i mean like it lighting is a oh, little yeah. is a little cheaper in a horror movie than it is in a and in, in other than other t- other kinds right unless you you do you know one of the you um subvert expectations and it's a horror movie that takes place during the in the day. daytime <laughs> whoa that's true i wouldn't want to do that though that's stupid yeah um but yeah, no, I I want to I would want to do something like that. Uh so you know, you got to film in darkness, but you still have to have enough lighting to to see so that people can see what's going on. Which is it's, it's just ultra ultra tricky to mm-hmm. write a rhyme. That's right on time. Then I, I I was thinking about it and you know, my claim to fame if you could even call it that, you know, I was ultra popular on YouTube back in the day for my Metal Gear videos, and I feel like, I, I feel like that would be, I, I have this, this like, this itch at the back of my mind, like it would be a missed opportunity if I didn't try to, to make my own military action B-movie trash. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should avoid that, I don't know, um, but that's just like something I'm thinking about, like, you know, the, the majority of the, of the people that, that know me associate me with Metal Gear, and, um, you know, should I contribute to that, or should I... Uh... I think it's worth a shot. I mean, we can at least try. Yeah, but that goes back to the idea of, like, you know, wasting time. And, you know, it's better to to focus our efforts on a sure thing than, than just experiment with something, you know? Yeah, but how do you know what's a sure thing unless you experiment? Fuck, I hate it when you get philosophical. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I just uh, think it'll be fucking fun. Yeah, I mean in any in any scenario, I think you know what's what's interesting now that I think about it, the making of the behind the scenes footage will probably wind up being the the meat of the project, you know? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, you know, when I was in when I was in school and we had to do a, when I was taking Japanese classes and um, we had to do a, a skit at the end of the quarter, what I would always do without fail when when I just didn't feel like like actually doing work is yeah. I would make I would make the skit about making a skit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, what I would do every time, and the I would talk about like man, oh we got the end of the year presentation coming up. What am I gonna do for this one? Oh, I don't have any ideas, and that would—I'm literally, I'm literally, literally doing it. So yeah. So I feel like there might be some. Maybe there would be an audience for like, even if we don't come up with an actual product that can be sold, you know, um, we'll we'll have fun doing it. That's that's primary concern is that we have a good time, and then two. You know, if we, as long as we document all the stuff that we're doing, you know, uh, I think, uh, I I think people will tune into that just to see creative people doing creative shit. Yeah. I would hope. Mm